Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Joining us now, one of the best out there when it comes to covering college uh, college football, Dennis Dodd, kind enough to carve out a few moments for us. Dennis, uh, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Very good. It's good we're to hear doing, from you. We're doing great. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we need to be playing taps for the Pac-12. I don't know if ultimately this thing's going to get done. But where's your confidence level with the Pac-12 and its long-term survival at this point? Yeah, I don't know. People, people accuse me of wanting to kill the Pac-12. I think I'm just reflecting where it is right now. We're going into the ninth month of negotiations. I think it's at least in the industry, it's. It's kind of a consensus. The Pac-12 is not going to get the number at once. And then you just start asking, who's in? I mean, they can sign a deal, but Oregon or Washington, are those four corner schools going to sign a grant of rights, which which essentially binds it together? I mean, you can see the upheaval in the ACC right now. They've got a grant of rights for the next 13 years, and Florida State's threatening to leave. I don't know how they're going to do it legally, but if that can be done, What's the Pac-12 going to do? So I suspect if they get a, a deal done, then it will be super short. Because um, I don't think you can do a deal with an amended grant of rights where oh, Oregon or Washington, if you get a call from the Big Ten, then you can get out of the deal. I mean, you either have a deal or you don't. Or you have a commitment or you don't. So that all that's up in the air. I don't, I don't want to see the Pac-12 go away. Uh, there's, you know, we all grew up watching those games, at least I did, with USC and UCLA, yes. But I think there's enough there to still be a viable conference. And it's a really good point, Dennis. As they're sitting down, George Klyavkov is trying to protect his entities, and he says to Oregon and Washington, I'm going to need you to sign your grant of rights away for this extended period. What, what, what do you mean by that? What percentage? And holding their feet to the fire in an attempt to connect them to the conference, I don't think you'll ever get that commitment in a grant of rights with Washington and Oregon. It feels like they would really push against that, doesn't it, Dennis? Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't know the answer to that. And that, that may be what's finally the final thing holding this up. Um, 
I know for a fact that all those schools are keeping their options open, those six that I mentioned. And, and, and why wouldn't they? Um, you know, if you've got a chance, Oregon or Washington in the Big Ten, um, if you're the four corner schools, you're going to listen to Brett Yormark because he's been fairly public about his interests and what the Big 12 can offer. Um, it, it would be a darn shame if, if the West Coast was split up. Uh, but I think it's, there's a larger story here, and I'm, I'm writing about it from the ACC perspective. We all saw last Friday the, uh, the Florida State AD basically threaten to leave the league unless they were paid more. Uh, and, and again, this is a league with an uh, ironclad contract for the next 13 years. Can't get out of it. No way. They said there's a way. They don't know what it is yet. But I think it's, it's a scramble to see who ends up in those top two or three conferences when the carousel stops spinning. Uh, and what that means, the, the only saving grace is that, at least for now, right now, we know that everybody has access to the expanded playoff. They're going to completely reconsider this in 26 when uh, the playoff is two years old, the expanded playoff is two years old, and the contract with ESPN expires. So I guess we should... You know, I guess we should um, assume that everybody has access, but all the power and the money is going to be in those two conferences, at least at the top. Dennis Dodd joining us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So, Dennis, um, it just, and again, I want to wait till the Pac 12 releases their media deal, whatever it may look like, before we pass judgment. But it just feels like <laughs> if you're going to. If you're going to stack wins and losses, it feels like Brett Yormark and the Big 12 are stacking a lot of wins right now and acing out the Pac-12. Is that is that a fair assessment to make right now? Yeah. Oh, I, no. No matter how this ends up, they they got in line ahead of uh, ahead of the the Pac-12. That was one thing. They got broadcast windows ahead of the Pac-12, which is huge. So wh- whatever the Pac-12 gets, it's going to be going head to head. In let's assume they get SMU in there. Uh, SMU gives them a chance to be in noon Eastern window kickoff every Saturday, uh, or potential to be some games at noon. They're going to be going head to head at noon, three thirty, uh, prime time, and ten thirty. Um, if you know, maybe perhaps ten thirty against Giants, SEC, Notre Dame, um, Big Ten. Uh, Big 12, who now, I'm, I'm not calling the Big 12 a giant by any means, but they have a deal, and they've got broadcast windows, and that's a good place to start. And none of them, except for the seven games in the Big 10 that are on streaming on Paramount every every or I think that was annually, annually, none of them are on streaming. Dennis, uh you have to kind of imagine Scotty and I's situation and just the state of Utah's situation. It is an absolute panic in this state. And it's crazy because you got BYU who got into the Big 12 and now they get a chance to jab Utah who jabbed them while they were independent and they got into the Pac-12. Yeah. And now the now BYU is with the Big 12 and they're saying, well, the Big 12 doesn't want you. And Utah fans are ticked off at BYU fans for being petty and vindictive. And it is an absolute 
crap show here in the state of Utah trying to figure this out. And then you've got some of the type, top insiders that are starting to report, oh, Ion's Ion TV is yeah. in on this deal. And and then another one that comes out says, Ion was never a part of this. And it was, no, Ion was a part of this. Where do you stand right now, Dennis, in regards to Ion being potentially a partner and Apple TV being the potential partner of the Pac-12? I, yeah, I have no intelligence on Ion. I just don't. So I'm not, I'm not going to get in that stat. Um, <laughs> I, I think just to, no, I mean, I just think the, the perception that they're in the mix is damaging enough. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, you know, whether, whether, you know, vetting it or not, uh, Apple TV is a possibility. Um, you know, I, and I don't know this for sure. I think Apple's business model is that they'd want most, if not all of Pac-12. They did uh, the MLS. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, which started their 10 year deal started this week where everything's on streaming and the MLS can then sublicense games to networks. If there's a big game, yeah, ESPN might buy it or Fox. But you don't get any extra money for that, or if you do, it's very little. So if they're thinking of that, that's not really a play uh, that's going to get them more money. Uh, and start with the exposure, because until streaming hits, and everybody in the industry agrees we're going to be that's how we're going to be consuming sports in the future. Uh, but it hasn't yet. And I, I know coaches and ADs, I did a story this week, kind of asking uh, old-time Pac-12 coaches about this, uh, you know, about the league. And part of it was, how do you recruit when your games aren't seen? At least by the masses. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rick Neuheisel said, you'd have to explain to every household you went into. Look, a, a lot of people have streamed. But ask them how they consume the streaming. I, I don't know about you guys, but when I want to watch Netflix, I got to get out a linear cable. I got to go to the app. I got to wait for it to load, hope it doesn't buffer, and then put it on. Aren't, aren't most fans used to channel surfing? Yep. Boom, yep. boom, boom, boom. Yep, exactly. That's assuming, that's assuming that Apple TV makes those games available in bars, um, which I think was the key to the NFL deal on Amazon prime because the NFL made them do it. They had the leverage to say, you got, you have to make this available in bars and in the, in the local markets. I live in Kansas city. And so when the chiefs played, I think twice on the Thursday night game, I was sitting there going, well, how, how are we going to watch the game? We don't, we don't subscribe to it. Well, it, it was made available on local broadcast, local linear broadcast. That ain't going to happen with the PAC 12 in a league that has gone through just a, just a terrible time they've had with the Pac-12 network and distribution. So it's it's everything. I mean, it's look, even if they have a deal, there's going to be problems. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. So, I don't know. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be the wet blanket here, but what's worst case scenario for the Pac-12? How does it, it, the doomsday nuclear winter, what's the, what's the, 
it kind of walk us through the scenario that would be the worst case scenario for the existence of the Pac-12? Well, let's go back. The best case scenario is the 10 stay together and sign a deal. Um, probably a little weaker than that is if they sign, they get SMU and uh, San Diego State because I guess they're additive to the deal. I don't know how in terms of revenue, but that's being talked about. Uh, I guess an in-between, well, the worst case is if they break, well, no. Uh, then the next level to that is they lose schools, whether it's two or four or how many, and they have to fill in with Boise, Fresno, uh, San Diego State, SMU. It's just not the same league. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst case scenario is breaking apart because I guess in that situation I just mentioned, you still call it the Pac-12. You still have Washington State, Oregon State, maybe Cal and Stanford, maybe not, but it just wouldn't be the same. Um, or, or do they all scatter the four wins? Does the Big Ten take all four? Oregon, Washington, Cal, and Stanford. Um, and the Big 12 take four. Well, that would only lead to, and that would be effectively the end Dennis, when you put out the piece on San Diego State, what was the reception of that from the kind of the Pac-12 world? Not really from the Pac-12, just that um, I think from my perspective, it was that they were, everybody I talked to down there had assumed this was a done deal. And maybe it was just, maybe it was just optimism. You know, because they've been through this before. Uh, San Diego stayed up. I think the best way to put it is their fans always hoped. You know, maybe they didn't think they belonged in the pack well, but they hoped. Well, now things have changed. There, there's, there's a donut hole in Southern California. San Diego State is the biggest and best program to that. And so, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Um, I, I had already known that George Klyavkov had in there, had toured the facilities, and they're great, at least football. Um, and basketball is one of the pits, and I mean that positively, not negatively. It's a pit to play in for opponents. Uh, and they've been successful, I think, in the tournament 10 of the last 13 years. I'm not to tell you about Steve Fisher and what Dan Dutcher's done. So, um, no, I, it wasn't so much a reaction from the Pac-12. It was more that we can't wait. Those people down there, we can't wait. We think we belong. So that's what I'm sort of kind of trying to portray. Well, Dennis, we appreciate a great insight as always. The sucker just continues to evolve. It's a little mini soap opera going on in the sports world, and uh, I think we're all looking forward to seeing how this thing resolves. Yeah, you guys gave me a great um, – I hadn't even thought of Utah and BYU reunited. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. been busy with so much other stuff. Can you imagine them back in a conference again? Oh, it'd that be wild. So cool. yeah. It would be wild. Oh. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, Dennis. One of, the, uh, one of the best, yeah, one of the best, not under the radar, but one of the best rivalries out there. Yeah. Um, well, these you last... Know, can you imagine that? Yeah. These last couple of months have been a sports radio dream. Let's just say that, Dennis, because uh, yeah. you've got a lot of angry fan bases that aren't happy with each other right now. Well, real, real quick, last week I I went and found the highest the highest rated games in the Pac-12 the last two years without USC and UCLA. The upshot being that Burke Magnus, the programming executive for ESPN last year, said, you know, it, it made a big mark, but he said 
you know, we don't look at markets as much as we look at rivalries. So if you're sitting, you know, in terms of realignment, uh, so if you're sitting there, you got, you know, Utah BYU mm. to go into that. It might be the best rivalry in, in the Big Twelve. Mm. It'd be it would, big. It'd have to be. It'd yeah. be big. More Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, KU, K State, yeah. K-State rules in football, but my goodness, that'd be great. Yeah, I would, for sure. Dennis, thanks so much. You're the best, Dennis. All right, thanks, guys. Dennis Dodd right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You follow him on Twitter, at Dennis Dodd CBS, National College Football Writer, of course, for CBS uh, and CBS HQ, CBSSportsHQ.com. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.